0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fort Investors Podcast, where Wall Street meets Main Street. I'm Andrew Gay, along with Gilbert Pies, and we are the Texas Hill Country Advisors, independent financial advisors based in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. We discuss some of the latest from financial markets, the economy, and general investor education. We help you cut through the Wall Street noise and focus on what's really important for your financial future. Thank you all for joining us. Gilbert, how are you doing today? Living the dream, sir. Thank you very much. Living the dream. Fantastic. uh, Good to hear. It's Tuesday, February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. And for those of us that uh, hang around the financial industry, today was inflation day here in the Mm -hmm. U.S. Uh, Did not pan out as well as we had hoped. Uh, it was an upside surprise, which is in the inflation world and for where we're at right now economically, was not that great of a thing. Expectations were for it to come in uh, below 3%, and that was not the case. This is uh, CPI, which is Consumer Price Index. Uh, it is one of two inflation metrics that we get every single month. This is not the Federal Reserve's preferred metric of inflation, but nonetheless, it is a headline inflation number and usually the one that gets a lot of the attention. So um
1: and it got our attention today. That's true. Sure.
0: Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Maybe either the market reaction or kind of like the initial reaction in general for those of us in the morning once we got this number.
1: Sure. You know, when when the news came out this morning about 7:30, it immediately the market was down. Um and, and the reason it's bad for the stock market anyway is because. The thought was from the stock market that the feds were getting ready to start lowering interest rates because they had tamed inflation and the economy was in the space where they thought, okay, things are slowing down. We'll be able to lower interest rates and spur the economy back up and everything will be fine. But
0: I'm I'm just laughing because you (laughs) you said were.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, they were. They were. Uh, Now with the inflation data that came out today, it indicates that, hey, wait a minute inflation's not headed straight to 2% automatically. And, oh yeah, you know that rate cut y'all you were expecting may not happen in May after all. Hell, it may not even happen in the summertime. Um, And if we're not careful, may not happen at all this year, depending on what additional data says throughout the rest of the um, next few weeks, of course, Uh, that'll determine what happens. But I think for sure, you can say that any rate cuts that were potentially going to happen in May or, or March and May, probably off the table completely now, uh, because inflation hasn't got back to its the Fed's preferred metric of 2%. And uh, that also means that interest rates are going to stay a little higher for longer. And we also saw the 10-year Treasury go up in yield today quite a bit Um, In fact, I would even say suggest that maybe rate rises are not off the table at all, Uh, because if inflation doesn't get back to 2%, like the Fed is expecting it to, they will not cut. They may
0: even have to raise. I mean, so how did we get to the point where the market was so hopeful that the Fed was already completely done raising interest rates? And I know that you and I have been talking about you know, it should be wary of that for a while, right. but that's not, I I'm, I'm taking the, the general view, like all the analysts, the economists, like how did we get to the point where, uh, surely those people seemingly, you know, really smart people that do all this stuff for a, a living, analyze all this economic data and forecast it. I mean, how could, how could they have not worked that into the mix somehow <laughs> that, that there's a chance that it is not, going to be linear where it just goes straight back to two percent i mean we're going to have i heard it rephrased earlier today that it's not to think that we're not going to have potholes along this path right Right. and that's kind of what i feel like it was no
1: i I think you're exactly right if if you first of all i think a lot of it was wishful thinking if you remember going back to 23 the beginning of 23 the market was already assuming that okay sometime soon the feds are probably going to stop raising interest rates and then we can look forward to them cutting interest rates sometime in 23. If you remember, I'm sure you remember because I know I do. Yes. Uh, Um, no, in in 23.
0: Oh, you mean that far back? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Going back to 23. The, the thought was, okay, we just came through 22. It was a butt kicker of a year in the equity markets and the bond markets because we had this period of rapidly rising interest rates but then twenty three starts, and we're like, okay, maybe they're going to start stop raising rates, and then they'll eventually cut sometime in twenty four or twenty three, right. and we should be fine. Well, guess what? They didn't cut interest rates in twenty three; um, they raised interest rates all the way through to September yeah. of twenty three. Summer, yeah, th- through the summertime, yes. And then they stopped raising in September. They didn't do anything in October, November, or December. And the market then had the assumption: well, they haven't raised, um, so that must mean they're going to cut soon. Well, that's not what it means. It just means that they haven't raised interest rates, and I think the market has been waiting for this interest rate cut for so long that they got over, they got overextended and and too excited, and just assumed that. Rate cuts coming pretty soon because we've been waiting for this for fifteen
0: months and it hasn't happened yet. And we feel like that's enough time. That's exactly right. Right? We're entitled to it. Yes, we're entitled to it. And it's eerily similar what we're talking about right now to what we talked about just a couple weeks ago with Jason Zweig's article in the Wall Street Journal about you know he took this hiatus for a year and his gist of all that was that what all all the forecast available and what the analysts and economists were forecasting and, and obsessed with talking about at the time. None of that came to fruition. It mm-hmm. was not the expected that happened. It was the unexpected that did. And are we, do you feel like we're kind of in that space again today? Because I'd be lying if I said after today, I, I kind of expected something. Like I expected to see some potholes along the way. I think you and I both did. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. But, you know, are we, do you think we're on the trajectory to see more unexpected? Uh, down the road in the near future? Well, I I would say this. I think in the near
1: term, we're going to have some uh, pushback against that narrative of of a cut in interest rates coming anytime soon. You're going to start seeing uh, the market say, okay, okay, fine. It's not March. It's not May. When are, are the feds going to cut interest rates? They're going to push that back a little bit at At some point down the road, the fed the uh, market's going to have to reevaluate their all of their assumptions about interest rates and inflation. Um, but but some of that's going to take time to play out because you know today this the CPI data came out. Let's see what the PCE data says at the end of this month for January. Um, does that confirm the CPI data for january? does it Does it contradict CPI data? Uh, we'll, we'll get some more data, but, but all those things take time. I just think the market is going to have to say, okay, okay. We've had this wonderful run up the past few months since October uh, or November. Uh, We've had this wonderful run up since November. Let's wait a little bit longer and see what happens here. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if it gives up a little bit of these gains that we've had so far in January and February and that's okay. That's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, it it gives people that have kind of missed the rally a chance to get back into the market because at some point down the road, we know that the feds are going to cut interest rates. It's just that that expectation now has to get pushed back a little further.
0: Sure. So let's cover one more thing about inflation. Then we'll get into the part about, you know, what does this mean for investors short-term, long-term? And that is. Rent, owner's equivalent rent, which is the fancy way to say that's the uh, housing price, uh, part of the inflation metric that's worked in there. And it is one third of the CPI makeup. And it seems to be more of the uh, more worrisome. It's been very sticky. It has been. It hasn't moved a whole lot. Um, Even with the backdrop of higher interest rates and mortgage rates that were over 7% now I know that they're below that now they're in the high sixes I believe but you know it hasn't hasn't moved a lot and there was a lot of talk this morning I mean this is like going on a year of them talking about why they think the rent component of inflation is possibly problematic and how it could really cause some issues with the stickiness around inflation and getting the getting to inflation back to the two percent target that the Fed uh, wants to see. So I know you and I talked about that a little bit, but I wanted to rehash that
1: here. Yeah, we, you and I were talking earlier that that it kind of makes sense that rents uh, are are very sticky because if you think about who got kicked in the shins the hardest during COVID, besides the workers, uh, landlords. Landlords got kicked in the shins pretty hard because there's a bunch of laws that were passed not only on the national level but on a state and local level that that had a moratorium on evictions letting people waive uh rent payments letting people defer rent payments you couldn't evict anybody and that weighed on a lot of landlords uh, mom and pop landlords big landlords small medium-sized sure. landlords and and it seems to me that because of where uh, interest rates are at on home purchases, that there's still a pretty big demand for rental units. And for years before COVID, a lot of people were putting money into rentals. Think about Airbnbs. Um, people were investors that were buying real estate and renting them out. Uh, the the rise of Airbnb, as I said earlier. Uh, people were buying Airbnb uh, units of, of residences and turning them into Airbnb short-term rentals. Sure. So th- there's there's been this huge demand for rental real estate, and there's there's still a, obviously people have to live somewhere, sure. and if and if there's any way for them to have a job and afford to pay the rent, a lot of these landlords are trying to trying to in my mind anyway trying to get caught up on all the money they lost during the COVID years and. You know, COVID, of course, was, you know, the the biggest part of the problem for us was 20 and into 21. But but that pain lingers. And I think a lot of landlords are just saying, hey, you know what? I'm still trying to get caught up. And because there's still a big demand, eh, I haven't had to cut my rents anytime soon. Um, Remember, the job market's still very strong. So people are employed. So they may not have money for a down payment on a house, but they've probably got money for their rent. And
0: so, you know, rent, I think it just makes sense to me that they're, it's very, very sticky. The other part of that is the services and part of inflation, right? Like there's plenty of evidence to show, uh, disinflationary pressures or numbers around goods, right? Things that tangible goods that we buy, but basically you can think about it as being anything that's not an actual good, right. That you can hold in your hand or consume, would probably fall on the services side of of the CPI there, and that has been sticky. That actually increased month over month uh, a good bit more than expected and also contributed to the upside surprise that we saw this morning in an inflation uh, metric. So, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said there that the Fed is definitely not done. uh, They cannot claim victory over inflation. There is a good bit of way to go for them to get all the way down to 2%.
1: Yeah, our, our analogy earlier was inflation sitting over there in the corner. Um, everybody thought that inflation was was tamed and they're sitting in the corner, sucking their thumb, rocking back and forth in the fetal position, but inflation just jumped up and bit you in the ankle right now. And until you get inflation put in a bag and thrown in a box and lock the key away or lock the, lock the box and throw the key away, inflation is still going to be a problem. And and I think, you know, the feds have already said throughout the past, you know, year and a half that they do not want to have a repeat of what happened in the late 70s and early right. 80s where inflation was coming down, coming down. They stopped raising interest rates. And what happened? Inflation came back. Right. And then they had to come back and become totally uh, go dark ages on the inflation fight and raise interest rates dramatically to the high teens. Uh, in order to get rid of it uh it did the job but it was really brutal during the 70s and 80s the late 70s early 80s time period right. they don't want to go back there so um I, I would submit to you that rate hikes number one are not off the table completely and number two it's going to be higher for longer on interest rates um which which also means then that uh, interest rates aren't coming down for an extended period of time maybe not even through twenty four, we thought he left
0: the party, man. We did. We thought we oh, thought he left. Uh, no, uh, he was just in the corner hiding. Yeah, he thought. was hiding, <laughs> hiding behind that plant in the corner there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and in, in what's interesting about that is, if you look at the what the market has baked in as far as their probability of what to expect from the Fed, they the market actually expects the Fed to cut by uh, twenty five basis points in May, which sixty five percent chance. So you know and here we are talking about you know the idea that they either might have to raise again or might not cut all the way through the remainder of 2024 and it's only mid february i'll say this I, I don't think they want to raise interest rates yeah i i don't we, think so either. we
1: we've had this period of no rate rises it it's really going to be their last resort i think um so so i i, I don't i don't put a high probability on them raising interest rates but the probability ain't zero
0: because <laughs> they'll do it if they have to. They've expressed yeah. that before. Jerome yes, Powell's absolutely. even said that.
1: Absolutely. I, I think the more likely scenario is interest rates aren't coming down anytime soon. The the time for that is is just going to get pushed back a little further. I, I I think you and I have said a couple of weeks ago that we didn't think interest rates were going to go down until uh, summertime. This I think might even push it back to fall. Yeah. And and if it if you know PCE confirms the CPI data. Uh, from this morning, then maybe they'll even raise it all in 24.
0: Yeah. Okay. So how does this affect us as investors? Short. We like to talk about short-term versus long-term mm-hmm. perspective. So let's talk about that a little bit.
1: <clears throat> well, well, let's talk about the pros first. Uh, number one, the pro is that if the market gives back some of these gains, there's going to be a really good entry point for people to get into the market, especially if you've missed these past few months of of
0: upside sure. surprises in the market i mean we, considering the s p was at uh 5, 000, just closed at a record high last friday right 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 it's tough to get into the market when when it's at all-time highs absolutely
1: right? it is absolutely is. so you know there, there's going to be some good entry points i think for people throughout the spring and summer months um if if we get this exp- you know if the expectations for rate cuts gets pushed off further There's going to be some good entry points, really good entry points to get in. Because we know that eventually at some point down the road, the feds will cut interest rates. We just don't know exactly when. And so it's a timing issue in the short term. Long term, it's a fantastic buying opportunity to pick up high quality names, uh, lock in substantial yields in fixed income space. Um, It it gives you some uh, wiggle room to get into the market. and, And that's great. Um, we all need that. It, it's really tough. Even if you have a long-term investing strategy, it's really tough to think about adding to your portfolio when you're at all-time record highs, when you were starting to see some weakness, that's a good time to make a buying decision. So um, what's the, what's the, uh, buy the strategy Oh, by okay. oh, the dip, by the dip. Oh, okay. Buy the dip. There we I was right. going a little bit in a different yeah, direction. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, I was going
0: to say what's Warren Buffett's quote about uh, you should be, uh, is it, is it you should be greedy when people yes. are fearful. fearful and fearful when people are greedy.
1: Yes, yes. That, that's exactly right. So I, I think it's a great buying opportunity. In the long term, I, I think this too is gonna be just a blip in the the everyday up and downs of the market. Um you know, in in the short term though, it you know, it it might cause a couple of oh, oh my gosh. Um
0: uh, that didn't feel good.
1: That didn't feel good. <laughs> it, it's it's gonna be a, a kick in the kneecaps. Uh, but remember too, market history tells us that it's not unusual to have a 10% or more correction in any given year from bottom to high. So, it, you know, if if we can get the market to pull back about 10%, that would be fantastic. Great buying opportunity in the short term. I just think there's going to be some pretty sharp swings up and down over yeah. the next, you know, three or four months until we get. Better clarity on what the direction is for interest rates, but yeah. in the in the long term,
0: it ain't going to mean a thing, right? Because, like we <coughs> talked about, it even whether they cut, whether the Fed cuts in the middle of this year or even postpones it till next year, in the long in the long term perspective, that doesn't mean a whole doesn't make that much of a difference.
1: No, no, right. it sure doesn't. And oh, and and I guess one other positive note is that if interest rates do not come down, uh, we should see interest rates on CDs jump back up again. Now, yeah. now on the downside to that, if you're trying to buy a home, um, that means your interest rates going back up again. But um, you know, if you're trying to lock in a long-term interest rate or a longer-term interest rate on your um, savings, yeah, savings. You know, you're, you, it's going to be a great opportunity to continue to getting, you know, three, four, five percent rates on on CDs and and bonds and things of that nature. Fixed so, annuities,
0: yeah, Absolutely, fixed annuities. Man.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good opportunities out there. So. There's always a silver lining. It It's sometimes hard to see it, but there, there's always one.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, any final thoughts before we part for the day?
1: You know, I, I would just say this. Um, you know, n- nobody knows what's coming. Um, I, I think for a lot of people, the CPI data today was a, a big surprise. I know it was for me, and I think, Andrew, you probably feel the same way. Um, yes. But, but don't let these short-term surprises, you know, screw up your – overall objective which is long-term growth um you know you' you're trying to make sure that your assets grow over time and and in spite of all these wicked swings up and down the stock market um the equity market is still the best place to go long term to make your money grow uh, so you can counter the effects of inflation and continue to grow your wealth over
0: time that's right We haven't even talked about that as like the eroding uh, power of inflation as far as like it erodes your purchasing power. So we might have to do a little special episode on that because that's important. Um, Anyway, okay, guys, that'll do it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, interact with us, share our content, helps other people find the show. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube at least once a week now. So we appreciate your viewership and interact with us. We're not that scary. Please send us <laughs> s- send us a send us a note. Tell us. Uh, I'm maybe scary. An idea. I don't know about you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're receptive to to what you guys want to hear. So you're welcome to send us messages. We can't necessarily respond, but send us some ideas, and we'll we'll try to mix it in with uh, what we talk about on here. That's it for now. Thanks so much. See you next time. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA, CIPIC. Texas Hill Country Advisors is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Andrew Gay and Gilbert Pies and Texas Hill Country Advisors and not those of Next Financial Group. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks.